Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, friends with Ben's and playmates with privileges? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to my show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. All right, let's just start off the bat show date, people. Tonight, Wednesday, May 18th, I am performing some comedy down at the Village Lantern here in New York City. That's an 8 p.m. show. It's a free comedy show. It's, you know, it's in a basement. So uh, do come out to that. Come bring some hugs. Bring your friends. Uh, Have a good time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be solid. I want to get straight away to this. My birthday is June 5th. I will be turning a, a ripe, fresh, and sexy 27 years of age. And normally, there's no real way to celebrate 27. It's kind of a dull birthday. 25, you can start renting a car legally. 26, you sadly uh, celebrate the day by getting kicked off your parents' insurance coverage. 27 is fucking nothing. So I'm, so I'm creating something. It's going to be fun. It involves you. It actually requires you. It doesn't work if you don't join in. But I promise you this will be the cheapest birthday present I ever ask for other than like the, I don't know, genuine support and approval of my father. Hey, that's not important. Look, I hereby declare June 6th, Monday, June 6th to be Man Whore Monday. And what is Man Whore Monday? Well, first you need to take out your fucking phone. Uh, which you probably already have out because you're listening to this show. And you need to go and make an event on your iCal or Google calendars or or, or a post-it note on your desk for Monday, June 6th. And what we are all going to do on that day, or what you are all going to do, because I can't do it, it's cheating, is you're going to do two things for me. The first is you're going to go to iTunes, and you're going to leave the Man Whore Podcast a sex-positive quest for love, a five-star rating and review on the good old iTunes. And I appreciate everyone who has uh, left a rating so far. If you have not yet, just hang tight. Wait till Man Whore Monday on June 6th. That's the first thing you're going to do. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to share a link to this podcast on Facebook. You listen to me every week, so you must like this show, and why wouldn't you want to share something great with your friends? Well, for me, for my dear old 27th birthday, you will share this show with your friends uh, on Facebook via the iTunes link. You will say, hey guys, you should check out the show, it's great, subscribe. Now why? I'm not just whoring out for whoring's sake. What I, My theory, what we're going to do, what my plan is. We are going to shove this podcast up the ranks of iTunes for at least just this one day for Man Whore Monday, which is when? That's right, June 6th. You know this because you just put it in your iCal. Look, I know what the numbers are. If every single one of you leaves a rating, okay? I mean, look, if all of you share the show on Facebook on the same exact day, a decent chunk of your friends collectively, you know, maybe one for one person, maybe 10 for another person, 
will click, be like, yeah, I'll subscribe to that. Or, hey, I'll download an episode of that. And if they all do it on the exact same day, plus all of you leaving a rating on iTunes, there is no reason. Why can't the Man Whore Podcast be number one on iTunes? I don't see a reason. There's enough of you that exponentially, through all those uh, friend subscriptions or uh, test downloads, plus all those reviews, why we can't do it. So my goal on Man Whore Monday, you awesome, fabulous, motherfucking dope as all hell fan horse will break me into the top 10. That's my goal. That's why I think our goal is top 10 on iTunes. If you all do this for one day, we can trick the algorithm and put me up there and that'll be the happiest goddamn birthday present I can think of. So Manhorn Monday, June 6th, put it in your iCal, put it, make a post-it note. You're doing two things. You're leaving a five-star rating on iTunes and you are sharing the iTunes link on Facebook, telling your friends to check it out. And then I will be a happy son of a bitch. Uh, this week's guest is my good dear friend, AJ Marischal. I feel like I already messed it up. Uh, that's the last name I've for, for nine years found difficult to say. Uh, AJ is a very close friend of mine. Uh, she's a platonic friend of mine, meaning we have never hooked up uh, despite my wanting to very badly at, at, at maybe a couple points in times. <laughs> um, AJ's a really good friend who has just grown closer and closer over the years. You know, we hung out all the time in college uh, during my NYU days. And actually, I think we grew a lot closer after graduation when she moved away. We, I felt like I reached out a little bit more often. And, and I'm very happy to have her in my life. And, you know, we talked about a lot of great topics. We talked about, I mean, fuck, what didn't we talk about? Craigslist Bukaki, sexuality and independence, the, the way porn has uh, affected intimacy in our culture, we talked about eating pussy, friendships, a really embarrassing story of mine from college. Really, really fun one. You know, a thing we, we did discuss were, were platonic friendships. I've, oh, and I've, I've said this many times, and I say it again in the show, but sh- I feel like my attitudes towards women are directly influenced by my close platonic friendships. Because for a long time in my life... That's all I had. I didn't have like a girlfriend or women I was hooking up with in addition to friends. I just had my girlfriends. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't have like dude bros. They were too busy calling me a faggot. So I hung out with the chicks that they wanted to sleep with. And then I got the cheat codes when they were complaining about those guys, whether it was how they were in bed or how they treated them or a lame uh, attempt that they made to get them in bed. And so, uh, and I, so I do think that's important and we discussed this later in the podcast, but I wanted to make another point to bring it up. It's like, you know, if you're worried, like, oh, I keep getting friend zoned and this isn't friend zone situation, by the way, this is not a, uh, there's a difference between friend zone and having like close friends who happen to be of the same sex that you're interested in. You know, there's an advantage there and don't become friends with someone just to get that advantage, but you know, if at any point you're becoming, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I have high school listeners, but if you're a high school listener or even a college listener and you're worried like you have a lot of uh, chick friends or only the guys 
or the guys only want to hang out with you, but none of them want to take you to prom, you know, hang in there. You're going to now learn how they think. And you don't have to like, don't study it. Don't make a notebook. Just it's going to subconsciously affect the way you view your future relationships. And it's, I think it's been a huge advantage for me. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Um, I hope you all enjoy AJ because she is fantastic. So, you know, let's go ahead and listen to, to this chit chat. I don't know. Marichelle, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can handle like that. Like creme de la Marichelle. <laughs> creme de la Marichelle? I just made that up. I should use that more often. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm ready. And then just try to talk a little bit more. in. Okay. Ah, you hear that? Yeah. I didn't want to hear my voice that close up, but it's okay. But I've you got done, a great voice. Yeah, I've done. I, I did an NPR podcast for a while. So I like. No big deal. I did NPR. No, I'm, I really like, and they were playing on the radio, and I was so scared to hear my voice, and I realized, oh, it's not that bad. So that's why I was like, all right, I'll do your podcast. I know how I sound. <laughs> well, uh, well, everyone, I'm here with uh, my good friend who I've known for. Uh, what is it? Nine years? Almost, yeah, almost a decade. Better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Marischal. Hi. Did I get it? Did I get it? Yeah, that was good. No, 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 ears still don't feel confident with her last name. <laughs> I have certain bosses that still mispronounce my last name, but I love them. So they say it, they say it like on from podiums and I'm like, it's not even a complicated last name. <laughs> it's fine. I make up for it by having only two letters for my first name. Yeah. AJ's way easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you are, you are a very accomplished, uh, TV writer and oh. writer of all sorts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A big fan of the words. Love words, love word shapes. Yeah, been doing this this sentence thing my whole life. <laughs> Lucky to have people give me money for it, which still blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I make, I write things, and then yeah, I don't know. Being a writer is a fucking blessing. Am I allowed to cuss on this? You say whatever. It's the, it's the man whore podcast. Like, oh right, we're gonna talk, talk about sex. <laughs> talk about gangbangs and anal. Like say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> say uh, I think I think Bianca Del Rio said faggot like. 20 dozen times i'm probably gonna say it less than that less than that yeah <laughs> most people do <laughs> uh but also what i like is okay, so we i'll just clear the air we have not ever hooked up no in any billy capacity. and i have never hooked up but we've lived in the same building twice and we've hung out a, a ample amount we've drank a lot of cheap vodka we have we've woken up in katie's apartment uh many times yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but you also know me from when I, you know, from a, an era of my life that I don't think we get to hear about often, because, uh, you know, those girls have not really been enthusiastic about doing the podcast. NYU girl, college days? Some of the, the earlier NYU girls, yeah. not so enthusiastic. Yeah, we were all, we were all grasping for straws back then, right? Like <laughs> I was a straw. Yeah, <laughs> no, life, life was wild. No one knew what they were doing. People mm-hmm. were just like pissing in New Amici, the pizza place. You know, at like three closed. in the morning. I know I saw it was oh, closed no, when I was in, in New York. Um, but yeah, the point is that no one knew what they were doing right. in 19. But I, I think, uh, I don't know how much you remember of me back then, but it, I feel like I'm a much different person. And uh, I might be some interesting insight if uh, if you remember at all what yeah, 18, you, 19, 20 year old Billy was like. You had gone to boarding school, right? Yeah. And you'd come out of boarding school. And uh, from what I remember, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you were sort of socially finding your way. I mean, NYU was a really interesting experience because it's like you moved to New York City and so many people were able to completely reinvent their identity in hands down the most intense city in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, I think that that's overwhelming for some people. That's very liberating for others. Sometimes you're swaying back and forth. Um, I think that you were starting to come of age sexually freshman, sophomore year, like really starting to get into dating and whatnot in a way that you weren't in boarding school, which I think was true for a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, we yeah, we drank a lot of bad alcohol. We did drink a lot of bad alcohol. Yeah. Which led to a lot of uh, bad hookups. I did think. you have a fake ID? <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did I was you get the one from the hookah bar? Never. Oh. Never wasted that money. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a f- I had two fake IDs. Yeah. Those, those bad boys scanned blacklit and had my photo and my information on it. I mean, I... S- but thanks, well, thanks to our mutual friend, like she dated enough bouncers that we were able to get into places. That's uh, true. That helps. That's true. Always has a friend. Always helps to have a friend who like fucks the bouncer somewhere. Somewhere. Anywhere. Somewhere. <laughs> and then you'll get in. Yeah. Well, the what I always thought was really funny about you in particular in our friend circle is is the way we met was you were in a suite uh, of four girls freshman year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in a suite of six guys. We had our, our friend. One floor above, right? Right. You guys were just one floor above. Right there. And, and Vinny was one of my roommates. Yeah. And Vinny is lifelong friends with our friend Katie. Who was my roommate by random lottery. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I think it was like the first or second night, we all like were out at Still Bar and then we ended up at the Gramercy uh, Cafe, this mm-hmm. diner, it's, you know, whatever, one, two in the morning. And we're all sitting down. Oh, Vinny's wasted. That was the night Vinny like puked. It's like, you know, our first time all out together and Vinny just yeah, is bless dead. bless all of us who puked that year. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember there was a very distinct moment where... Uh, you four girls all decided to go to the bathroom together. Yeah, and then Classic. all six dudes minus uh, Twinkie Vinny go like basically starts talking about like who everyone wanted to sleep with. Oh my god, I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? No, tell me though. It was it was very immediate. It was me. Well, no, immediately that was a conversation, and yes, like everybody wanted to fuck AJ. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Was, I'm like blushing right now. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> immediate consensus oh my god wait who is in the room no i need to go over the names in my head you, oh uh so we've been oh me- you're gonna say them <laughs> okay okay fine oh i don't know i do are we supposed to protect the, their innocence i don't i'm not gonna say like their full name but okay there was like me matt josh said 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 um Cameron. Man, we should I wish I knew what I was wearing that night. <laughs> I mean, like you always were dressed up like whoa. Yeah, that's so you're true. always looking like hot as fuck. That's true. It's always Halloween for me. <laughs> yeah. And so and so yeah, like while y'all were gone, everyone's like, okay, like who's very who's tan. going who's going for who? That was like the, the conversation. Oh my god. Oh god. And I was like falling in love with a guy in LA over the phone. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> fuck it up age <laughs> and uh and you and unless you want to correct me otherwise like you hooked up with none of them over the no four one. years no one no one yeah no i had like one sort of vaguely single semester and when you you know that's that's one of my biggest regrets about college was that i spent the entire you know my entire college career in a long distance relationship for the most part and i didn't i didn't really get to explore the way that other people did mm. um and uh you know i i my relationship brought me a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, you know, I look back, like whenever I meet somebody, uh, you know, someone who's about to be a freshman in college and they're thinking about, you know, staying with their high school boyfriend and whatnot, I always encourage them, you know, you're going to 
radically change over these years. And you have to be open, at least, to doing that on your own. Um, I think that I went through those exploratory years as a postgrad. Uh, but yeah, you don't get those years in New York City back when you're, I mean, it's fucking Let's crazy. You it. get off the plane, your parents leave, like crying in a cab, and then <laughs> it's just you living in New York City. Yeah. Like, and not in, and then like the nice part of New York City too. We, yeah, we were in Swank In the life. middle yeah. of it all. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it's like different when you're like, like a hookup scene is so much different because I, like a normal college town, you're yeah. just hooking up with everyone in the college or the professor, if you're lucky, or someone at another college. But yeah. us, we're just with the gen pop. Like yeah. we're just, like I hooked up with a lot of older women in college just because I was yeah. going to bars and they're everyone's older than me at a bar with someone older was quite normal yeah yeah i remember though it freaked out a couple friends of mine like i sophomore year i bring home like a 27 year old Mm -hmm. not that old but we're we're 27 yeah or Mm -hmm. 26 um and when she left my roommates came like billy she was like 27 what are you doing (laughs) meanwhile i was 18 and my boyfriend was 29 yeah you you always were (laughs) way older (laughs) even the next guy after him wasn't he he was uh also significantly older uh yeah i mean i i've i've had like a solid uh 10 to 12 year age gap there for a while but now we're getting older and the maturity levels are kind of evening out Mm -hmm. um yeah, I just I don't know. I had I had trouble meeting guys my age. So uh Well yeah. guys your age who were mentally kind of your age. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it was that. I think it's also, you know, I would go out, I'd be dressed kind of aggressively. When I say aggressive, it was like it was always something spiky or sparkly or I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear, right. but I wasn't exactly and I was also you know, kind of outspoken, and I don't think I was exactly the most uh, approachable at times. I mean, if, if, if this doesn't make you insanely uncomfortable, AJ was also like the hot chick of the group. Like, no, you were, I don't understand. You, I didn't think that. Okay, well, I know you didn't think that, but right. like, you were least, like, you're like. So when you say not approachable, it's because like you're the hot chick with the big ass who's dancing like very well. Uh, you had like actual dance moves. I danced. And yes. and you had like spiky things. Spiky things. And spiky things. And sometimes like big earrings, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, hoop earrings all you the know? time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, like I, I get guys, a uh, 19-year-old dude who's like pissing his pants because he's only fingered a girl, you know, maybe uh, have yeah. a hard time talking to you. It totally broke my heart at times in high school and college, though. I mean, I yeah, it was kind of, kind of sucked. Would you like meet guys who were like, oh, this guy could be cool, and then... He'd say like five sentences. He'd be like, "Oh no, no, shit. not He's an at idiot. all." Usually, it's just uh, I always really, you know, I'm I'm a pretty emotional person. I'm a writer. Uh, I'm very sensitive. So, you know, like if I was meeting a guy on the NYU basketball team, I uh, I would want to have more substantial conversations, or I would really care if he texted me back, mm. and I wanted him to be at the bar. You know, I was having these emotional reactions to a situation that for these guys was quite casual. Um, so I don't know. It's just weird to hear somebody describe me that way because I was <laughs> so inside my head and like, you know, a, a sort of associating a lot of my self-worth and self-esteem with whether or not I heard back from a guy, you know, as a lot of young women do. Um, but perhaps to an even more extreme degree because I had trouble doing casual. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Col- college was, college was a interesting time. <laughs> interesting time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you regret doing the long distance relationship though? Um, like if you could do it all over again? 
It wasn't the smoothest of relationships. No, it was, if I a, it was a pretty volatile relationship. Um, you know, I, I have to sort of separate that relationship from my time in New York because, like, I look back at college and I'm like, again, I don't feel like I took advantage of my time in New York the way that I should have, mm-hmm. the way that I, I like. I have very few regrets in life, but that is one of my regrets. Uh, you know, I was in New York last week and just I walked around Washington Square Park and I actually looked up for the first time and really like took in my surroundings, you know, and I thought like, this is amazing. And I looked at all the students around me and they were rushing to class. And I just I really wanted to like dip into one of those classes and just sit in on a lecture and actually enjoy it and realize um, how fleeting that 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 time is uh, instead of just sort of power through with my head down waiting to go to JFK to fly back to LA again. Um, you know, I was never truly present in New York, but that relationship, you know, long distance is very difficult, but I've invited it into my life on multiple occasions. Mm. In fact, the only men in my life that I've ever been in love with were there was distance, geographic distance involved. And I think, you know, this, uh, this year, last year, I, um, I realize that 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 says something to me about how I'm operating emotionally in relationships where I need either emotional distance uh, if someone's geographically close to me or physical distance for in order for me to feel that I can be vulnerable with them. Um, and that's something that I'm working through because I want to have like, you know, a normal relationship like, with someone in town nice to and, you know, but there is something about getting into these situations where it's the constant honeymoon period when you are together. Um, and then when you're apart, you're able to still feel this sense of independence, but codependence through your phone. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's complicated. It is. It is. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I wish... There was a lot that that relationship gave me, but of course I wish I could go back and just see what it would be like to be single in college, mm. you know? But I don't get those years back, so yeah. <laughs> I just get to be extra single right now. Extra single. Extra single. Super single. <laughs> super single. Yeah. What's uh, super single for you? We were both uh, talking before we started about uh, maybe a little bit of a less sexual period for you at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to think about doing this podcast because when you asked me, I was like, well, Billy, I'm not really having a lot of sex right now. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'm in kind of, I, and I was journaling about it, how I feel like my sexuality is a little, is in like this dormant period um, where, uh, yeah, I, I haven't been dating very much at all. Uh, I, I sort of will have these intense sagas or one-offs Um you know, every once in a while, but you know, I, I, I have trouble having like guys on rotation, uh, going out and having sort of those mild or, you know, medium Taco Bell sauce connection, right. <laughs> if you will. Like it's usually for me, it's like I'm fucking obsessed with you or like I don't really have the energy for it. Um, and that's probably a testament to me being very immersed in my career right now. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to distract me from my work, holy shit, I better love you. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, have you, uh, have you had guys like that in, uh, in the last couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a very intense, uh, sort of semi relationship with a guy who lived out of state. Um, and I've written about this on my blog. Uh, he ghosted me. He ghosted me like at least twice, mm-hmm. like where we were, you know, pretty much in love with each other. We'd have this very intense uh, sort of courtship where he was writing me letters. This was this was a uh, a normal guy. And uh, we met and we really hit it off. And it was hands down the most intense connection of, you know, uh, anything in my life. And um, 
he out of nowhere uh, ghosted me and I had not been ghosted before mm. where like in kind of the middle of a text conversation, poof. Congrats on your initiation. Thank you. So <laughs> glad to be a part of this club. It's mm-hmm. providing great writing material, <laughs> everything for art. Um, but I, and, you know, again, I've written about this uh, in sort of public forums. Uh, it kind of, it wounded me in a way that I had not experienced before. I kind of went inside my turtle shell and I haven't fully come out after that. Mm. Um, It kind of, when someone ghosts you, I think it alters your sense of reality and whether or not you can trust yourself. Um, And, uh, you know, that was a really intense connection. So um, I just, I just kind of put my head down and focused on writing. Uh, it, 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 I guess dating didn't seem so fun in games anymore after that, you know, and he came back into my life only to disappear again. And, uh, you know, now I'm kind of in this process of how do I how do I learn to open up again? How do I not let that relationship interfere with me forging new ones? Uh, You know, which can some days be an uphill battle. Um, I had sort of this. uh this connection with a guy a few months ago where I realized I was having very intense knee jerk reactions around him and mm. I didn't want to open up. And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one for the experience book, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I start. so certainly even though I don't, I don't actively date, like I've, I, I definitely have not, uh, I had dry spells when it comes to love. Yeah. Uh, just dry spells in terms of my bed, I guess. <laughs> dry spells in your bed. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, quick, uh, this is totally off track. Do you have any, because I, I know when I, if I ask Katie, I know she would have, do you have any recollections of any bad, sad Billy hookup stories? Anything where you're like just shaking your head? I America. have. I remember like one funny dark Billy story. Yes, do that. The one where you peed on Cameron. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> this is <laughs> a very non-sexual story, but <laughs> we can, we can. I can tell it. Uh. <laughs> no, let me tell it. Okay. <laughs> Billy was uh, quite drunk one night freshman year. I wasn't even home. out with you guys though that no, night. No, this I was I out with Alex and this, Brendan. Like, this was like someone burst into our dorm room at three in the morning. <laughs> like, we were like, Billy's done something. I'm like, what? <laughs> Probably like in a text argument with my boyfriend at the time. Um, uh, Billy's done something. And I guess that you were blackout drunk, came mm-hmm. home, and I don't know why, but you peed on your <laughs> one of your sweet mate's My- chest while he was asleep. <laughs> oh, it was his chest? Yeah. I, I had no idea how high... Yeah, upper. How the arc was. I have no idea yeah. where on his body it was in my yeah my, in my mind. Well, I've you always peed on him, right? But I've always yeah. pictured that because I'm I'm blacked out during that moment, and I always like to remember it being just it was probably the foot of his bed. Right. I don't. So so I guess, I, but I then not. he woke up <laughs> as one does when being peed on. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he he like I guess he like socked you in the chest or something. Did he? You don't remember this? I mean, I don't remember being hit. I mean, well, yeah, you blacked out. You don't remember anything. I, all I know is uh, I'm I'm carrying a Christmas tree up like lower Broadway with Brendan and Alex. Okay, Christmas tree. And we got it onto the subway. We found it on the street, and we brought it on the subway. We took it on the on the six train, and I got off at Astor Place, 
And all, I do remember that as soon as I stepped on the platform, it's black. Yeah. Then I remember. I've never blacked out. This is so fascinating. I don't black out often. There's maybe a I handful of I always say I fall asleep before I can do anything naughty. Like my <laughs> blood sugar just crashes and I'm like, goodbye, everybody. And I like just leave the bar without saying bye. Okay. What I like is that you've given the the moments of in the black. Right. Because the next time I come to is I'm putting the key in the door to my room. Right. And then it goes black again. Right. And then the next time I come to, I am not, I'm in my suite and Cameron, who's taller than me. So I'm looking up at Cameron and he's like, yeah, he's like, what the fuck, man? What? And I'm just like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. What happened? He's like, what happened? You fucking peed on me, dude. <laughs> God. And I'm like reaching for like, let me give me my card oh, uh, laundry here. I'll pay for it. He's like, yeah, I already took your card so I could pay for the laundry, you fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah and you had to put money on your NYU card to do laundry. Ugh. Yeah. Bless uh, luckily, I think we moved past it. I think what the equalizer was was maybe a week or two later, I went, went out drinking as we did a lot. Yes. And I got very drunk again. I did not black out. But we went, sound like alcoholics in college based we, on I this mean, podcast. We drank a lot. I mean, it was cold in New York. We didn't drink much during the weekdays. <laughs> so a week or two later, I think what equalized it to him was that when I came home really drunk, I went to sleep. I got up, I guess, in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. But apparently I walked to the foot of his bed. And if you don't, um, I don't know if. You would have been in a room, but at the foot of his bed, I had my footlocker of DVDs. It was like a big footlocker. It was filled with DVDs. Yeah. And apparently, I I guess in the middle of the night, I woke up, I walked to the foot of his bed, started peeing on my footlocker. You were having like this very primal need to <laughs> pee in that corner of the room, like a dog that needs to mark his territory. I guess so. It was freshman yeah. year, you know, it's first semester. You're like really. marking your territory and Cameron like, don't this get another room. roommate. Don't get another roommate. You're mine. I was very fond of Cameron. He was good people. He's a good person. So yeah. I woke up and I went to go get a DVD and he didn't tell me that I did this. And uh, I'm like, why is it? Why does it smell like... Why does this, why does this whole Footlocker smell like piss? And he's yeah. like, yeah, man, because you got up and you peed all over your DVDs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we lost a lot of good DVDs that day. Oh my god. <laughs> R.I.P. DVD. <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, that would be the sad Billy story. We can talk. I've been thinking a lot about. Um, I just know that because with Katie, like, so what Katie has been to me for a long time since like sophomore junior year. Was if Billy is going to go do some sort of Craigslisty thing? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know who they are. I text Katie. Basically, if Katie gets a Katie, text message, Katie is the person. Yeah. Like Katie would be the person that She's Keith Morrison is interviewing on Dateline as the last person that Billy was in touch with. <laughs> you know. <laughs> A night of play in New York City. All I know is I got this text message. It just said an address and a phone number. And or that was, was it. it? <laughs> so she sometimes, and she, I still sometimes utilize her in this fashion. I think I utilized her like this for the Gimp Mask girl like a Katie's year ago. Katie's a fail safe, yeah. Yeah. So she gets like the info. I'm like, if, if I don't get in touch with you in like the next day, like call the cops here's the information to give the cops yeah so she's always been that person for yeah. me and sometimes i'll be like hey i'm safe and this is what it was like one time she dropped me off at a bukkake in like her hometown there just happened to be one just <laughs> like i answered an ad and this guy wanted a bunch of dudes to come come on his wife and he gives me the address i'm like oh my god it's that town 
And so I was like, hey, Katie, can I get like a ride from the train station? Oh, my God. To this place. <laughs> There's just so much excitement in the world. I need to stop reading and go out. Yeah. There's so much excitement. Yeah. So that that's the only reason why I asked. Because uh, <laughs> I, I forget who, but someone remembered like the, another time where Billy blacked out was apparently I made out with a girl with a mustache at Still Bar. She had a. She had like apparently a, a decent amount of upper lip hair. You know, that probably means that she also had great eyebrows. Oh. You know? Yeah. Like Wh- why do she you probably because she probably had thick eyebrows as well. You know? Okay. So like all of those young girls that are getting teased for having a unibrow in elementary school right now, they're about to come out on top because they just oh. wax that shit and those are the girls with the thick eyebrows that everybody is gonna be the whole brows on fleek shit on Instagram. So big ups to having notable facial hair. Okay, okay. Um, back to your like little, um, celibacy, uh, yeah, going yeah. on this, this was interesting because we were, again, we were talking about this before we started was, you know, I also like this past week that I've been in LA, been so busy creating and working on work mm-hmm, stuff that mm-hmm. sex has been like so far from my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I hooked up with someone last night and I kind of was like, oh, I could have like gone to a comedy show and hung out or done something like that. Um, this whole week, I was just like, this is great. I'm not even thinking about sex. I'm yeah. just doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming I, that's like what your life is all the time. Yeah. 24 fucking <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I envy well, you is what you I'm know, trying to say. Here's, here's, here's the sort of interesting thing, though, is I'm scared of what's dormant in me right now. I'm scared oh, because... There's a monster inside you? Well, I'm scared because um, I'm aware that there's something very essential in me that you know, calls for relying on another human to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And I have worked so hard to earn my independence back from certain relationships that, you know, I, I'm afraid to lose that at times, that independence. Um, I, I had like sort of this, uh, moment with a guy when I was in New York, um, where lying next to him brought out this sort of, uh, yearning for human contact, for touch, uh, that I think was completely independent of him, you know, uh, but that felt very essential. Um, and the next day I was kind of torn up about it because I thought, fuck, that I, I felt relief, you know, to sort of like have my head on a man's chest. Um, and it scares me Mm -hmm. that I'm not as independent as I think I am, right? Like it scares me that if I kiss someone that I like, suddenly I want to hear from them. Suddenly I'm feeling attached. Maybe I'm not so focused on my work. Maybe you're checking your phone more. Maybe I'm starting to lose this very, uh, sort of white knuckle thing that I'm doing inside where I'm like, I've got it. I've got it. I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's an element of surrender that comes when you're with somebody else where you're kind of just accepting this roller coaster that you might go on you know and it's one of the most beautiful things of life but uh yeah it's um so in terms of my sexuality and sex and whatnot you know i am a very sexual person i have been my whole life Mm -hmm. it's just what's interesting to me is that uh, men have not always been involved i was quite scared of guys when i was a teenager i in the sense that like you know i don't think i had my first kiss until i was 16 or 17 i didn't start uh you know doing anything sexual with men until i was 18 so were you like a heavy masturbator growing up uh i don't i don't 
think I would say heavy. I just mm. was very aware of my body and I knew what it was capable of at a young age. And I didn't know what any of that you, meant. You use such extreme terms that I love. It's like, it, there's something inside me or <laughs> I, I think I knew what my body was capable of. Is that, like, is that bad? <laughs> it's not bad. It's just like intense. It's like, like what, what is it capable of? Yeah. Is it like the girl from teeth and I she's going to bite the dick off? I mean, I, uh, like, like, I mean, I didn't know what an orgasm was the first time that I had one. I just was like, that was weird. Okay. How old do you think you were? Five? Really? Maybe okay. five, six. Um, I just like was kind of aware that my body could do things. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, like, I think a healthy sexuality that just wasn't being expressed with men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is something else that I've been thinking about lately, because I think I've let even that go dormant in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's just, I've kind of bound up my sexuality with the idea of dating. Uh, and sexuality does not have to be bound up with dating, right? Like, right. you can be a completely sexual person and express it in ways that even doesn't have to do with genitals or anything like that Um, how do you mean well you know when i say i was a sexual person when i was a teenager when i would be dancing for example for all of your listeners like i i'm a dancer i came up in the street dance scene in my late teens uh and you know i think that when i was in a circle and i was freestyling certain styles that was me expressing my sexuality right Like, there was a level of sexuality to what I was doing. I did not want any men to touch me while I was doing Mm -hmm. that, but I was definitely very in touch with my femininity, um, with sexuality, uh, with the ability to sort of arouse. Um, You did not want no guys stepping to you. Every time (laughs) we go out dancing. Every time a guy would try to touch me, I would shove him off, though. And he'd like, they they wouldn't quite get that. Like, maybe some of them would be like, well, she's fucking asking to get dance with her touch. And I'm like, no, I'm actually just expressing myself right now. Some guys would try to step to you and then dance back. Yeah. And I I remember that always having mixed uh, results. Mixed reviews. (laughs) Um, But then also, you know, I think about uh, sexting. I had this argument with one boyfriend where he was like, his point, he didn't like to sext. And his point was basically, if you're not there for me to have sex with, what's the point in us turning each other on from afar? And I was like, dude, I'm a fucking writer. <laughs> this is my Olympic sport. <laughs> Let me make these sentences for you. Um, so, you know, I think that sexuality doesn't have to just be in the bedroom. Like it comes out in how you dress, how you hold yourself in a public space, you know, how you dance. I, it, it like sensuality is another part of that, that, you know, sort of sexuality light, if you will. Um, what were we? What was the main I, point of this? I don't entirely like remember, like but I like of, what you just went on. We kind of just wandered off. Um, can I? Can I talk about something that's been on my mind lately? Please do. So I think that the idea of good sex, especially among people our age, is fucked up. Uh, yes. So, in which way do you mean? Okay, so I think that especially among a lot of women, young women, the idea is that if you came, if you came and you made quite a bit of noise while you were having sex that was good sex mm. it's sort of and this sort of the kinkification of sex where you know sex has to have an element of kink in order for it to be wild and good oh you mean like the vanilla shaman that is yeah. now risen yeah yeah, yeah 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 shit like that like so I will have conversations with my girlfriends where, you know, they'll be like, oh, my God, it was so hot. And he was doing this and that and this and that. And I will have to stop them and say, what were you experiencing? You know, like, were you getting off and were you getting off in a meaningful way? Um, 
I'm starting to realize that there's sort of two types of sex out there that I think gets put under the good umbrella. One of them is where you're having sex with somebody and you're thinking like if you're a female, usually you're going to be getting off first, right? Like mm. you're kind of you're the first part of the film. Right. Uh, so, you know, as a female, you're like, all right, I'm focused on getting off right now. You get off, you come and then it's OK. Well, now the guy's going to get off. Right? I always see he myself comes. as the denouement. <laughs> what does that mean uh of this film oh <laughs> um so you know so it's sort of, it's sort of there's a real separation there right it's like my pleasure is happening wholly in my body and then your pleasure is happening in your body and these are sort of two separate events mm-hmm. but then there's this other type of sex out there and i've been blessed and cursed to have experienced it um where Everything is happening at once and there's this real sense of union and there's sort of this singularity that's emerging. You know, I was sleeping with this guy, this guy that I I love very deeply and I'm sure that that factored into it. But, you know, it wasn't about I need to get off and then he needs to get off. Like I just I felt like I was drinking him in and he was drinking me in and I had never been so uh, present with someone's breath before. Um, And so. But then you go back out into the world, right? The sort of pornified sex space of uh, our dating generation. And it goes back to just being like, did I get off and did I make noises? And, you know, what angles was he fucking me at? And, you know, he pulled my hair. Did I actually like having my hair pulled? I don't know, but I've seen it in a porn. Um, So I don't know. I think that I sort of the idea of good sex out there uh, is well no one's ever taught like what good sex is we're not even taught that sex is supposed to be for pleasure right right that's that's sort of the interesting thing like i'm really interested in how in how porn is functioning right now with with uh dating and sex i've i've actually met some guys that have done uh porn sobriety streaks because they felt that uh, it's been affecting their performance in bed. And I actually find that, and I felt this for a while, that if I'm sleeping with someone, I can tell if they watch a good deal of porn. Mm. I can tell by the way that they're interacting with my body if they're seeing me more as a template or if they're approaching me as an individual and exploring my unique needs, right? Like when you, when you think about when you're watching porn and what you're being desensitized to, sex is just a series of visuals and sort of sounds, right? Um, it doesn't teach you about what things feel like. Uh, it's just sort of like, uh, do this, get this reaction. Um, and actual sex is so much more layered and textured. And some of the, some of the hottest sex I've ever had has been with no speaking whatsoever in silence. You know, it's just two bodies engaging with one another. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I've, I myself have pretty much stopped watching porn. Mm. Um, I've, I've, and Have you switched to a different type of thing? Like for me, I switched for, like to self-submitted stills on Reddit versus like videos. I don't. I think I. Well, I guess that this goes back to me feeling like my sexuality is a little bit dormant right mm. now. But um, I think that uh, erotica needs to have a comeback. Uh, like written word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And here's That's, that why. was my start in porn. Here's why: because I think that erotica encourages the mind to come up with scenarios that are very personal, right? Like you have to be actively imagining things and it's stimulating in a completely different way than sort of the visual assault of just like seeing (laughs) someone's 
pussy. Puss- fuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought about this. Like, I was like, I, I, I told you, like, sometimes my friends and I will watch porn as sort of research for certain things. And, uh, and I was like, this angle, like seeing the female body or the human body at this angle, there's nothing natural about mm-hmm. this. Like, like the only way in sex that you could be seeing someone that close up getting fucked is if you're like the third and your face is awkwardly close to the action. Like, just imagine that. <laughs> I mean, some of my listeners definitely have been in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but could you just like, just, just like imagine it from a strictly comedic standpoint, right? Like, two people are fucking, and then someone's face is just three inches away from like the point, mm-hmm. the point of insertion. Yeah, just looking, <laughs> just looking. <laughs> I love, I love. Uh, erotic stories are great. And by the way, guys, people, you can, you can read them on the subway. Yeah, and no one's the wiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've definitely many times on my way to someone's apartment have been like getting myself amped up and ready, yeah. partially by reading something that was hot and heavy, whether yeah. it was a really long mm-hmm. sexual text or if it was a story or yeah. if it was like something I've written, like one of my um, like success stories on Reddit. Like mm-hmm. I'll pull one of those up, and it's long and detailed. And it's, uh, by the time I get there, I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucking hard. Like this is great. Yeah, and I think it's a, I think it's a, a far more. Uh, um, I don't really know what the word is right now. It's just very immersive, and uh, I think gratifying in a more personal way than porn. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think even about how in porn we're shown pretty much the same body types. Well, I think it just depends on the type whatnot, of porn you're yeah. watching. I mean, is, if you that, switch it up and watch some like queer porn or some like that is true. But when you stuff, think about like what the majority of people are yeah. watching, you know, it's like the same body type getting slammed up against the same body type, mm-hmm. and you don't really know if anyone's coming. I mean, the guy usually, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I so yeah, I've just I've been thinking a lot about this idea of like what is good sex. You know, is good sex mimicking what you've seen on your computer screen or is good sex that like wholly personalized experience with another person that cannot really be replicated with another human being? Right. Um, and I I've been chasing that, I guess. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I haven't been having a lot of sex. <laughs> well, a lot. I mean, there were two things that stuck out to me. One was the guys who are going through um a withdrawal of of porn because mm-hmm. they're, yeah, it was, they feel was like it's fucking with their. Se- I'm yeah. like, I think those guys just don't know how to view women because I watch plenty of porn. I also know how to like have sex with a woman and like treat her as a person, right? And like be in touch with what she's doing, despite watching a lot of porn. And right. I think they have to do that just to maybe interact with a woman in a real way. Well, I mean, I think that you're sort of a special case scenario in that, like, you're actively studying a field. You know where you're informing yourself about feminism, but even but even in college, I just it was very mm-hmm. simple. I was like, I'm going to listen to her body right. if it jerks in a way that seems um, <laughs> that like, seems like it's working. Yeah, like if if it doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. like uncontrollable, yeah. that's probably good. If she's like not moving at all, right. that probably is not so good. Well, you know, I mean, I. I, I think that, uh, you know, our brains are brains. And if we are seeing the same visuals over and over again, you know, could it, 
ever really be denied that that could be changing the way that our brains would react to an actual body in person. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with sort of, uh, you know, if porn's been desensitizing you to become more sensitive to seeing the naked body again, you know, right. to have it be arousing in a, in sort of a more, uh, you know, exciting novel way than just sort of like, that's like an ad that I saw on TV. Um, I've wondered if I sound kind of prude when I say that or n not prude, but maybe old fashioned. And I don't think so because like I've watched my share of porn and like I've, you know, I've had sexually adventurous relationships and whatnot. And I, uh, I think that the thing that stands out at the end of the day is that I want to be able to feel things in the most intense pure way mm -hmm. and anything that's going to be desensitizing me that's going to make me feel like this is just another thing that i saw uh this is just another image this is just another sound um i don't i don't ever want to be desensitized to anything in right. life you know i uh, but yeah so so uh back to the erotica thing i think that that's why erotica is interesting because there's so much that your brain itself is bringing to the material right like they're sort of giving you that flat prose maybe with some description and whatnot but you're the one that's imagining the scenario you aren't relying on like you know <laughs> porn actors and a director and a camera crew to right. bring that to you um and so I think it's very refreshing uh, how people react when they read erotica. Did you read erotica in high school? Um, I think yeah. I there like I definitely edged my way into porn. Um, and it's interesting to see me edging my way back. And out. it's interesting for you to use the word edging. edge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I watch. I remember. I think I will. Yeah, I watch. I watched some sort of porn like within the last few months, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a lot going on here. Yeah, like, this quick. is too much. Mm -hmm. This is why is this so intense right now?" And I didn't want to watch it. it and was me, very I need. Interesting. I need the story. You need yeah. Well, because in, in high school, Billy was, needs a narrative. <laughs> I need someone to. I need Where motivation. Where was she earlier in the day? Right. What's going on in her? I understand. <laughs> I'm a storyteller. Because <laughs> I, uh, I was reading erotic fiction, and I would always try to read good stuff. Yeah. I I really tended towards like mind control ones. Mm -hmm. There was a site called mcstories.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. They had all a bunch of subsections of like where the mind control was being involved in, but it was like. That's that yeah. was on that like like the town all like drank yeah. the weird water and now yeah. everyone's fucking like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh all a difference. You know, you know what's funny though is if you go to some of those sites and you go to like most read or like like highest rated, it's always like like people are coming out of the fetish like in into the like into the sort of incest fetish like hardcore you're saying it's coming world, back where, no 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 like it was like it was, some, no, no no something about the erotica space like where people like like the like top 10 most read or most commented or most starred ones are always you like, seem to be very like, uh mommy fucking son and i'm like whoa <laughs> you seem to know that quite well uh <laughs> no i mean if you're gonna go to one of these sites and you're like sometimes i have these moments where i guess just as like a writer researcher like curious about sure. the world i've gone to like bdsm yeah shopping websites which are my fave because i always want to know what it's like to be that model okay with like a horse mask on and how many takes of that photo but anyway so i'm like i'm like what are the most read things on this website and it's always like finally brother and sister alone on vacation and i'm like <laughs> oh 
like as someone with a brother I'm like no <laughs> well I mean Never! Like, incest was a huge fetish uh, thing wait, wait, in the 70s wait wait and then my real question is imagine because you have a sister right so, I like, have two yeah okay I have a brother so just like imagine how fucking awful it would be if like you were in his like like someone was in a situation where they're like it's Thanksgiving dinner and the family's all in town and oh I'm just gonna check my Facebook on my brother's laptop and it's like his handwritten erotica on one of those websites comes up and it's gonna, one of those things and you're I'm just not like gonna comment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's like i don't know is that is there such thing as incest shaming i think i just did it <laughs> <laughs> well well i mean like taboo was like one of the bigger pornos uh in the 70s with k parker honey wilder uh there's like a, a series a taboo series and they were like all incest based or themed yeah but like like how close like they were like these like feature length movies right like with scripts right like there would be back-to-back scenes that had no sex in it right like right there was a there was there's character development yeah did you notice in la there's like there there are a few there's one porn theater i think on santa monica boulevard it's called studs and how did i not know this every time i walk by i'm like how is this still in business what are they actually selling Who's in there? Okay. Like, it's open until 5 a.m., and part of me wants to go just to see what's happening. I mean, people are going to be jerking off and fucking in the back, but if you're cool with yeah. that, then go. I mean... There's a, there's one in Newark, New Jersey, and yeah. the same thing happens I'm just there. always like, how is this still happening? My parents told me that porn used to be, like, such a fun thing. Like a night out? Yeah. Like, JFK went to Deep Throat. Yeah, where, like, you would, like, like going to the theater was such... It was, like, there was a level of, uh, of voyeurism and exhibition to it, right? Because you were, like in this shared space of everyone was watching this dirty material, right? And how that's basically gone (laughs) from mainstream society. You're never going to see Obama in one of those places. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I love... This conversation is so meandering. Um, That's one of the reasons why I love watching uh, old episodes of Taxi Cab Confessions and uh, what was the show? Um, Oh, my God. Was it Real Sex on HBO? There was Real Sex, yeah. Real Sex. There was Cat uh, House. Yeah, yeah. Real Sex, like the ones from the 90s. Yeah. I love watching that. If anybody listening can get their hands on a real sex episode from the 90s on hbo which you can get online for sure Sure. it's fabulous to watch how these people relate to sex in such an organic way and i thought this was before the internet and hardcore Mm -hmm. porn was in every household um you know when they would talk when a couple would be talking about watching porn together they were giggling and they it was clear they were going to go fuck that night i and now it's like if a couple is talking about watching porn like a 24 year old chick looks over at her boyfriend like you still watch porn <laughs> why when you have me <laughs> um so i think it's uh, I, I i'm sort of interested in how people related to their bodies and sexuality and whatnot before you know uh getting fuck doggy style well, really you, hard was you could access that on your iphone sure well you bring you it, it does come back to the idea of like what is good sex mm-hmm. and i think because of porn so many people are focusing like good sex means orgasm and everyone had orgasms and yeah. squirted and came yeah and what i've done over the last like i want to say three four years is like i always make an emphasis i always emphasize to the girl like look it's not that I don't care if you come, but it's like I'm more concerned about is does this feel good? Like is this right. feeling? Don't tell me, oh my god, I'm gonna come. Just be like, this is feeling good. Yeah, this is not feeling good. Yeah, and then like hopefully you also come too. Mm-hmm. But I think that you gotta stop being so goal oriented towards like, well, we gotta get to the orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, why don't we just like make this a really fun 
cool, pleasurable experience. Well, and I there's guess a good chance a lot an of orgasm people see gonna... it as transactional to a certain extent, whatever, right. in, especially if it's in a casual capacity. I mean, you know, if you uh, leave and you didn't come, it's probably going to be a part of you that's like, uh, I mean, look, a part of me was like that this morning leaving this place, but uh, that's you, know, a, you don't okay, see wait, me that's complaining. That's something that I've been hearing about more often is guys that won't come when they're having sex. And it tends to be, it sounds like guys that Well, that's that not the scenario be, that happened. I know, I know, okay, I know, okay. I know. But this is something that, that's been crossed that i've heard about quite a bit over the last year guys that um i i think it's more guys that require an emotional connection with a girl Mm -hmm. and so they can't come if that's not there but given how sort of ubiquitous an orgasm seems in a sexual situation with a guy like it's like well he's gonna come but am i (laughs) you know like his is guaranteed i i've had some friends who've been in this situation where they're like he didn't finish what did I do wrong? And I'm like, it might have been him. I don't it know. might not have been his night. Why do you care? You, like, did you have, have fun? You? It's well, I mean, I think a lot of girls wrap up their uh, their sense of you know confidence in bed with if a guy's going to come, come or not. Yeah. Um, but have you heard of that? Like, I've I, guys not coming during sex. Yeah, sure, but not while drunk. Like, where yeah. it's more of an emotional thing. I haven't heard I that aspect of it, but I've definitely heard of guys who just like haven't finished. Or uh, this guy I, I crashed at for most of this week. He just. He can't come during sex. He has to get a blowjob. Interesting. So he'll be he'll fuck the girl, and then when they're done fucking, like, gener- hopefully he you know she will finish him off orally or with a, with her hand. Right. Does the uh, Lord not want him to reproduce? Uh, maybe <laughs> that could to- be the case. <laughs> that could be the case. Like, um, when you talk transactional, you know, like last night, um, this comic who had hit on me earlier in the week, I, you know, we, I went to her place and like we chit chatted. She was a little awkward. But through, aren't we all? Yeah, but she was awkward too. Like a, she was very scatterbrained too. It was an, it was a weird night. But she kept constantly out of nowhere, be like, "Oh my god, you're so hot," which I disagree with. But she, she kept like saying that over and over throughout the night. So I'm like, right. "Okay, like I'm gonna stay in this. I also need a place to crash tonight." Oh my but, god, Billy, <laughs> making a play for the bed, as we say. I would have, I would have crashed on the couch if I just felt uncomfortable. Right, you know? right. I was into it. She's cute. Yeah. And and so eventually, once we started kissing and making out, I'm like, great. And then eventually, we get to the point where like clothes are coming off, and she's like, she's being shy about asking me to go down on her. So I'm almost like insisting. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna go down. I'm not. She said like, well, maybe. Um, like I don't know if like you would. Girls are weird be. about it, man. Yeah. And I t- and so when she first asked, I was like, she's like, so like maybe would you? I like not if you ask me like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, Girls are say, weird. Fucking own it. Tell yeah. me, like, eat your pussy, or like, say, like, please go down on me. Yeah, and girls are. It's a. It's it's a. It's a dream when you find a guy that likes to go down on chicks. I think there's more guys who like to go down on chicks than uh than y'all care to admit or experience. It's you know I think it's a mixture of some guys either don't know what they're doing and are aware of that mm. so they don't really like going down on girls because they're just like whatever fucking puzzle is going on thousand piece you know picture of big ben puzzle is going on down there i'm not trying to fuck with tonight i'm right. trying to get off and then there are also some guys that i think are kind of like like i've met a guy where he was just kind of grossed out by female anatomy which sucks <laughs> yeah uh, i was just like oh man he doesn't Homosexual. like i'm like you don't like pussy my dude you don't like how that i shit have tastes? a really cute guy friend yeah, if you want i can call like, him you don't like but then you know and i think that women are kind of you know they have at times the same concerns about their own anatomy like unlike 
dudes, like all we have to do is just like use a different body wash and our pH balance will get <laughs> fucked up for like a week. <laughs> you know, so we have Yeah, but if I eat the wrong like shitty food, my my cum tastes terrible. You yeah, know? well that doesn't so put it elsewhere, my dude. <laughs> but <laughs> the point is is that like I think that there are a lot of hang ups that can happen with a woman about her mm. anatomy and also of course like that is a little bit of a complicated orgasm at times sure. and guys don't really feel like investing. So it actually took one guy when I was uh, 24 to really like show me how I should enjoy this. And he was like, I'm going to go down on you for 20 minutes and you're just going to deal with it. And of course, like I really like the assertiveness. I appreciate that in bed as somebody who has to like kind of be assertive elsewhere in her life to have somebody else take over and tell me where we're going to go to dinner and whatnot is very nice. Such a stereotype. Such a stereotype. I know. Oh, but that's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, so God bless those kind of men that'll just, you know, help a woman feel comfortable in her body at times when she maybe is not fully comfortable in her body. Um so, guys, when you go to eat that pussy, just, like, show that you love it. Yeah, well... Be enthusiastic. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's... I don't know. Blowjobs are so normal. Well, but you... going down on a girl is, like... Or guys will just do it for, like, like three minutes. Yeah, those guys that give you a couple coats. Three and then... minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, they're, it's like they're just down there to lubricate you right. with their mouth. You well, know, and well, they, they with, show back up and you're you like, with blowjobs. I remember in college were one of the first women I heard actively be like, I love giving blowjobs. Yeah. 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 And we you can, went, I remember like being in, in it's I think a thinking your room women's and you game. gave like a It's a speech. thinking women's game. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, well, like I, I always had like a level of an oral fixation, you know, so um, yeah, it's something that I actively enjoy in bed. I, I also... Um, yeah, it's just it's so it's always been a thinking woman's game, I guess. Mm. And when I say that, it's just like, are you listening to your partner? You know, are you? Uh, it's not for everyone, I guess. Like, if yeah. you're the type of chick that like you know gags when you brush your teeth, this is probably not, not the for you. <laughs> you yeah. need you need to figure out what's happening with your hands. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of girls, I guess, kind of had some hangups about going down on guys and whatnot, and uh, you know. I think Samantha on Sex in the City said it the best. She's like, you might be on your knees, be of all the power. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's almost like a sort of a dominant uh, act in bed. You were the first person to ever express that point of view to me. Really? I never. I was eight. I was like what freshman was, sophomore year. What did I year. say at the time? We were like in your I'd room. I've definitely only been giving head for probably like six months. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You just were like, yeah, I love giving blowjobs. And you gave the whole like, I feel like I'm in charge and, and I have power. Mm -hmm. You gave that whole angle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is before or after you and Katie showed me your asses, but. <laughs> My butt. Yeah. Mm. You guys had like a night where you all fucking fell hard. Oh, yeah. Showing Katie off and I had bruise. matching bruises on our butts like, because we whoa. both fell down separate stairs. Uh, <laughs> matching bruises. So I finally, I finally remember that. I was like, that's the closest I've ever yeah. gotten with AJ is yeah. like she showed me her ass once. You know, you know what's, uh, you know what's interesting? thing that i i was thinking about with um uh the blowjob thing was that i'd only been with one guy right mm. but i knew that i liked that uh and this i was thinking about this um before we taped this um the idea that when i was at my most innocent aka when i was in my first relationship and having all of like losing my virginity mm. doing everything for the first time i was the most sexually adventurous 
So there's a sort of a, 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 an unexpected irony there, right? Where my first sexual experiences were also my wildest. Yeah. And it was actually when I went Wild out how? Into, like, uh, I was just a lot more open. Uh, I think that all the sexuality that I knew was in me um, from a teen, you know, from my, you know, childhood and teen years was just able to fully come out, you know? So like sexting or Skype sex or phone sex since I was in a long distance relationship seemed totally normal to me. Um you know, role playing or dressing up a little bit or like sex semi public. Um, like how, how semi public did you get in New uh, York? I didn't do any of that. In New really? York. New was, York is such a fucking in public city. It was city. in LA. I was like, you know, trips were complicated yeah, yeah. <laughs> with okay. my boyfriend. Um, but I was really struck by how it was only once I went out into the dating world for the first time mm-hmm. as a sexual being that I started noticing that I was closing in some because I think I was absorbing some of the shame of other guys. You know, I would be like, I want to sex this guy. And he would be like, this is weird to me. I feel uncomfortable. Or, you know, I would, you know, some guys were weird about blowjobs or um, just not as sexually open. Uh, I don't know. It was, I feel like I'm not quite making sense. It was just this idea that ironically, the more experienced I got, I feel like I lost that adventure. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I was in this first relationship that I really had a lot of adventure there. And I'd like to find it again, you know. Well, maybe it's because right, you started right finding the type of sex you liked and you didn't need all the bells and whistles as much. I don't know. I still like... I, I still, I mean, still feel like there's more. Things, yeah, but. I feel like I feel like we're sort of at, like you know like I like right now it's like the iceberg that's exposed and then there's a bunch of others still underneath the water and I think that that's something that I look forward to in a relationship is being able to have a partner to really explore with, mm-hmm. take your time with certain things. Um, yeah. Okay. Solid. Um, I had this weird question that stems back. I think it's, let's. I, I would like to end weird. Okay. Um, so again, I told you about that night at Gramercy Cafe. Mm-hmm. So, and it was fun. And everybody, like, people wanted to have sex with Robin and Katie too, but there was like this, like, table consensus. I oh, was like, God, I must have been wearing like a crop top or something. I feel like you wore a lot of crop I'm tops. I'm always wearing a crop top. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dating someone who, like, right now, who her New Year's resolution is to wear a crop top every day of the year. Oh, good. And she's only missed one day. I have a drawer, like a drawer <laughs> dedicated to them. Anyways, what is the weird so, question? You can't choose Vinny as a cop out, but of the of that suite, who would you have slept with? Oh, I don't want to answer this. I want to answer Come them offline. On. Can I just like like mouth it to you? And I'll give my real reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone would have known That's that. That's hella everyone cool. Would. We spooned once or twice. You did? Yeah. What? Yeah, he's sweet. I did not know that. He's real sweet. I don't know. But I mean, like an opportunity presented itself down the line and we didn't. Really? Yeah. Can you can you share that story without identifying him? I just, I crashed at his place like when oh, I was okay. in New York one time. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think that, that, that it's interesting that. For as much trauma as we have in our dating lives, like especially if you've traveled a lot, it's kind of interesting to think that there are people, these potentials or these people that have known you very intimately, like sprinkled across the globe. Mm. Kind of makes me happy to think about, you know, there are people in London that I've had very intense conversations with, but no physical contact with. There's people that I've had some of the best sex of my life with that I, you know, I fly over them when I'm going to other cities. And yeah. I, I don't know. I think sometimes we forget about that 
that lovely network that emerges. I can't forget about it. It's the fucking premise of the podcast. Yeah, true. <laughs> We're literally recording this. I mean, th- it was a topic that I didn't think we'd get uh, have time to get to, but you know, I do enjoy that. Uh, I don't have all my friends because mm-hmm. I'm very. I've been very socially awkward. Many would aug- uh, argue I still am. Some think my social awkwardness is just me being an asshole. But whatever. <laughs> All my friends at this point are like either comedians because mm-hmm. that's who I'm around all the time mm-hmm. or it's like chicks and a gay guy. You know, like that. That's my friend circle. I don't have like. So you're str- like either on one sitcom or another, another? sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't have straight dude friends. I have one yeah. from like grade school and we're not even like super close. But I know that if like one time I called him when shit went down with my family and like he came and picked me up. So I know that. OK, I guess I can rely on that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we talk. So mm-hmm. the people I'm most comfortable talking to platonically are women. Mm-hmm. And I've got two women in my life who I, you know, like you and Katie, mm-hmm. who, yeah, they were, y'all were people who, when I was like 18, 19, were like, oh my God, it's like, wow, they're really hot. Like, it'd be really cool to hook up with them. And as time has gone by, mm-hmm. that desire's gone. But like, I feel like a really, you know, close friendship. And yeah. I, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, one of my one of my best friends out here, mm. uh, Peter. We've never hooked up. <laughs> Every once in a while, when he's drunk, he'll make a he'll make a joking uh, sort of overture towards right. me, and I'm like, "Peter, gross, no." <laughs> uh, but uh, and he's very handsome, very very handsome guy. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that having you know platonic uh, friendships with the opposite sex can be a real um, a real advantage in dating because like. Peter will give me insight to the male psyche that I just don't have mm. um, in the same way that I can give him insight into the female psyche. Uh, and, you know, the females provide different company than men. Sometimes when I hang out with my guy friends, as I'm going to do tonight, like, it's just nice to not gossip, to just hang out and fuck around and laugh about dumb shit in a way that I don't really with my uh, girlfriend. So, um, you know, I appreciate platonic yeah. <laughs> friendships as well, big time. Definitely an insight. I, I've always said that the reason why I think I am um, good with women or at least can like get convinced women that's a decent idea to be naked with me yeah. is because my friends have all been women because of listening to you and Katie and, mm-hmm. and whoever uh, complain about dudes or praise dudes be like, oh my God, he did this or oh, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. So kind of being a straight dude just being a fly on the wall in those conversations right, right, right. greatly helped me got be that like, insight <laughs> yeah and now i'm uh, some man whore person you got know that it's, insight i think it's a uh, greatly helpful yeah is there anything else like any other interesting i feel like i just rambled i think you're great the, because you're a writer it's all sounds so eloquent right you have a great voice we didn't talk about jargoning we didn't talk about oh, bonus content <laughs> uh, well, because I know I know you got to go. I think you have a thing, right? No, no, I, I still have a little bit of time. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's do let's do that. Let's do like ten, like five, ten minutes on jargoning in a okay. second. We'll do like I'll put that as bonus shit. Okay. Um, but, it's my dating tips. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, but I'm I'm glad you you did this. This was fun. Um, I don't think is there anything else to cover. I think. Uh, I just kind of rambled about it. Oh, that's what I was going to say is there's one point where you start being like, I don't know if this makes sense, but I was just being like, no, keep going. I'm, I'm, glad the f- after an hour seeing you struggle for once speaking. Uh. <laughs> i was just like oh finally she's like having trouble finding a word 
I hope that I make sense to your listeners. Right. Well, AJ, you know, if people want to check out your writing, you you are blogging uh, still, right? Oh, yeah. I don't blog as much, but you can follow me on Twitter, uh, backslash A-J-M-A-R-E-C-H-A-L. I write a lot about the human condition and whatnot, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about porn and what good sex is and all that jazz. Yeah. So, uh, so Twitter and you no know, website. You can, like uh, you can. I'm also on Tumblr with the same name. I I post prose there and poems time to time, and hopefully you'll be seeing one of my TV shows soon. God willing, if God you can just willing. reserve me like TV executive, God willing. Right. I'm just saying, if you can just get me like the role of like janitor number three. Janitor just number something. three. Give me, just I wa- have to write two other janitors just to get <laughs> Billy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, you're going to pitch. Well, can we get him in there? We'll be like, no, not him. We got this other guy. What if like, I actually wrote you in as man whore? I'd, I'd do it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, and just a line. Just, yes, just, just one line. Uh, but thank you so much. Everyone go check her out. And AJ, why don't you say and, and stick around, uh, all my patrons. You, you'll hear about what she calls jargoning in a little bit. But why don't you uh, say goodbye to everyone and for Thanks now. for listening. I hope you guys all have. Oops. Um, <laughs> we got cut off by a, a full memory card. But you, you got the idea. She was saying goodbye. You you know what goodbyes sound like. <laughs> um, I hope you all enjoyed that. That was a really cool way for me to end my Los Angeles trip. Uh, that was the the final episode that I recorded while in town. And I'm happy I got to share it with you so soon. Uh, so check her out on the internet. Again, that's A-J-M-A-R-E-C-H-A-L. Uh, you can do that.tumblr.com to see some of more of her writings. Google her. There's a lot to find. Um, as always, you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at the Billy Uh, say hello, use the hashtag man podcast, you know, let both of us know what you thought about the show. And if you have something uh, longer than 140 characters to say, shoot me an email at man at gmail.com. Be a part of the conversation and discuss this week's episode on Reddit. Go visit the man podcast subreddit at r slash man podcast. And last, but the furthest away from least. My birthday present for my 27th birthday, you're going to put in your calendar June 6th, Man Whore Monday. I cannot wait to unwrap my gift of seeing you fine people shove me into the top 10 podcasts on iTunes. I can't think of a better present. So until Man Whore Monday, everybody, or, you know, until next week, because we got a few weeks until that day, uh, until June 6th, <laughs> Until then, stay slutty.